don't know. Incredible is is like short selling it to be honest. Mm-hmm. I I kind of just froze, and I just thought to myself like, this is it. You know, we're gonna win. You know, many of these drivers can have a future, and me included. It's just such a such a big win for just working people. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. For decades, New York City has issued a limited number of so-called taxi medallions. A medallion is basically a license allowing cabs to operate in the five boroughs. Their limited quantities plus the guaranteed income drove up their prices. And the trend was exacerbated by predatory lenders and the city's desire to use medallion sales as a cash cow. But the bubble burst in 2014. Around the same time, apps like Uber and Lyft became popular. Medallion prices plummeted and drivers were left owing amounts averaging $500,000, debts that could bankrupt drivers and trigger foreclosures. So the city promised to find a solution. But when Mayor Bill de Blasio pledged $65 million towards a relief fund, drivers said it wasn't enough. And by the end of October, taxi drivers in New York City had been protesting outside City Hall for weeks in hopes of getting real debt forgiveness. Many, like 37-year-old Augustine Tang, even took part in a hunger strike. And it worked city officials agreed to significantly expand the financial relief program. Today, I talk to Augustine, who has become somewhat of a spokesman for a new generation of drivers about the aftermath of the hunger strike and how it felt to get the good news. Before we begin, a quick message from our friends and sponsors at McKinsey & Company. Find out about the biggest ideas in business on McKinsey's Insights app, where you can listen to podcasts like our flagship show, The McKinsey Podcast. We're so not tuned in to the dynamic going on for the current employees. What matters to them most? Or watch our author talk series featuring law professor Dorothy A. Brown. 60% of Black college students don't graduate. And when I came across that statistic, I got so depressed and read lots of articles about, for example, The Next Normal, where you can learn about the coronavirus's latest impact on business. To hear, see, and read more, download McKinsey's Insights app now. Now, back to the show. Here's my conversation with Augustine. Hi, Augustine. How are you? Good. Um, So, yeah, I guess my first question for you is, how did you hear about the news? I, 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 yeah, I was in City Hall. I was, uh, I spent the night over there knowing that there was an important meeting and that I'm part of a, a group of what we call, uh, the campaign committee mm-hmm. for, with New York Taxi Workers Alliance. And, you know, for, for us to hear the news, it was, uh, just, I don't know, incredible. It was, it's like short selling it to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of just froze and I just thought to myself, like, this is it you know, we're gonna win, you know? Many of these drivers can have a future, and me included. It's just such a, just such a, such a great story, and for, and, and such a big win for just working people. Mm-hmm. And um, what about the other cab drivers? What did they say? 
we were all just hugging each other and saying, you know, to ourselves, like, we did it. You know, we, we did it. We did it to, together. We, we were just, it was hard for all of us to really even comprehend it, but it was just all laughter and dancing and, and just hugs all around. Mm. And did you tell anyone afterwards? Oh, no, I called my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> called, my mom didn't even know I was on hunger strike until she read the Chinese newspaper. <laughs> so she asked me, and I just told her, yeah, I am. But she called me every day, making sure I was okay. I didn't want to tell her in the beginning, because to be honest, I, I signed up for two days. And then I just, you know, because I, I didn't know how my body was going to react. And so I ended up just doing it for 13 days after my doctor's appointment. And what about, like, your actual health? Like, what did you eat first? How were you feeling? What did the doctor I, say? Yeah, doctor says I can't, I can't uh, immediately go into just regular food. Um, I had, like, scrambled eggs. I, at night, I, what I did have is I had kanji with a little bit of uh, chicken. Mm-hmm. I had, like, soft foods. And I had some avocado as well. But I, I, I literally, I couldn't eat too much anyways. My body just didn't allow me to. So... You know, I was eating slow. The next day also, I, I had eggs and avocado. And I try to, if I go out, I would buy like grilled chicken um, and just not eat any carbs. Uh, the doc says that just make sure you don't eat too much carbs, like dry carbs, I guess. So, we, you know, I, I was sticking to it. And I was I was sort of just pushing my body, but I, I, I couldn't, you know, you just your body just doesn't let you to eat. And what does uh, like your meal plan look like later? Um, you know, my, my wife, when she found out, she, she made a lot of kanji for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we had that with like some pork and I went out to Chinese, like another Chinese restaurant, that, one of my favorite, which is Noodle Village in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I ordered more kanji <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I tried to have a couple of noodles here and there and I, I can't, you know, and anything with my just meat, just with protein and things like that. But I feel like my body is um, is coming back. It's it's pretty good so far. I, I haven't had any type of pain. Uh, I just, I, I'm still slowly just refeeding. Just, I just can't eat as much as I used to. Um, and yeah, like how do you feel going back to work? I, I'm actually good, I'm good. You know, you're just more energetic to, to work, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, I, this money I, I, I could save. I could build a family, I could have a family, and I could have a future, and, you know, I'm thinking about, I could, I could maybe even take a vacation or, or spend more uh, extracurricular time on trying to improve this industry, uh, you know, try to build this union, and for me, I, I think that's probably one of the more important things, where, like, I understand that we, we have all the momentum in the world right now, but we're not going to try to waste it. We're, we're trying to really build on a, uh, on a union, on a strong you know, union where, like, for the working people, and we're, we're, I'm just so, for me, I'm, I'm just so happy to be fighting through, through the years with my brothers and sisters, and I just, you know, I love them so much. The things that we have been through, like, like, five-hour drives to D.C., our, you know, five-hour drives back, you know, and just, you know, the, the times we shut down bridges, the times we have protested outside of Gracie's Mansion, City Hall, went down to D.C., went up to Albany, and just, and we look at each other, and, you know, some of these drivers have called me, and you could just hear the joy in their, in their, in their voices, like, 
the first thing we say, <laughs> just immediately say, we did it. <laughs> and then we'll just get into a conversation. And I just, I would forever remember how much, how hard we worked on it. How, how many hours we spent on Zooms, how many hours we spent on, on Sunday radio shows that my union has offered to us just so you could keep people informed. And what still needs to be done? Right now, we have to build build on our union. That's number one. Um, we know they have done so much for us. Uh, New York Taxi Workers Alliance has not only guided, but just brilliantly just took necessary steps and made us believe that, you know, we have a voice and made us believe that we were you know, we we were somebody, and we could we could make real changes. You know, and we we all looked at each other. Even those late nights at City Hall, we we sat in a circle. We talk about how, you know, even after this, we're not we're not done. We have to try to build on a real industry where, you know, maybe there's a cheaper insurance where where we could educate drivers, where we could try to keep up with uh, technology, and that's. That's part of us. Our, our, our goal is to, uh, you know, some family members might not, you know, want to take over. And, you know, ha- so, you know, something like having a retirement fund for drivers, it's, it, you know, it's needed. It's, it's needed for, for these guys. Uh, although we might not be able to help some of the uh, older drivers now immediately, we, we could build on like a retirement for the future for, for drivers that wants to wants to drive full time. Hmm. And how can people help cab drivers? Well, you know, if you're sitting in the cab, listen to their stories. Uh, it'll be amazing not just helping cab drivers, but helping the union that saved uh, many of these cab drivers. I, I would say 4,000 families from just complete, you know, financial ruin. Uh, so donate to New York Taxi Workers Alliance. People have uh, messaged me saying how what we thought was inspirational and you know, stuff like that. Really, it just it keeps us going. <laughs> we didn't think we would get to this this victory like this, and and we did. And it's incredibly just moving for all of us to know that we were part of it. And you know, some of these some of these men and women, you know, they already lost their retirement. You know, um, now they they could. They're okay. They don't have to lose their homes as well, and that's really the main part. And uh, I just hope New Yorkers understand that um, the system itself was very difficult for many of these drivers to to drive in, and you know, with this type of financial burden that released from them, it's we're just so happy just being back out on the road and being able to to make a living again. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Is there anything else that you would like to add that I didn't ask about? You know, I wouldn't recommend doing a hunger strike for it. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just, I think, any, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but like anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. Don't, don't be discouraged by, you know, people that you know, like to doubt you. Don't be discouraged that you deserve a better life. Like Augustine, 64-year-old Dorothy LaConte stood with her fellow taxi drivers in the fight to get a greater debt relief. But while she was excited to hear the good news, she also knows that there's still a lot to do. Epicenter's Sam Zacker spoke with Dorothy about why the movement saw success and what's in store for the future. 
Can you tell me what happened since we last talked? What happened into the last talk? We have the good news. We won our campaign and it was not a wasting time. So I will have a little bit saving when I can't make it anymore. So that's all I need. I don't need to be a millionaire. I just need, I just need to survive. I'm a survivor. I've been driving a taxi for 35 years. And then now my anxiety since after that news, everything goes away. The stress automatically work out, you know? Can you tell me about like why you think this worked and like the power behind the union and all of that? Well, it's the drivers. As long as we united, the same thing Senator Schumer said, union. When he gave us the speech televised, we were chatting his name and he said the union, union, union. And this country, the Democrat party, believe in union. And when we united, we have more power, we have more strength. When you go to church, you can't pray by yourself. When everybody together, we have the spirit on us, each of us is energy. So we pick up energy from each other. So this is why we win. That's the reason we win. And you mentioned that like there's still more to be done. Can you talk about that and what the future holds? Now, I understand that $30,000 they are giving to us, they're going to make it make us pay it on summonses. They're going to get it back. It's not for free, but a lot of things has to be has to be put out in this business. So we're going to come together after all of this to, to go through, and we will sit in the union and talk our thinking what to be straight out in this business. Because we need that business. We need to work together. We make new what we want to make the taxi affordable for me and for the passenger. Because we cannot take a passenger in a car from point A to point B and then the meter is thirty dollars. Because we sit in traffic. We have to make it affordable for them. Uber is a different story because they have a flat rate. They already calculated the traffic the amount of time you're spending, and then they charge the passenger. We cannot do that. And when the passenger agreed to pay Uber, when they come to the car, they get off the car. Were you at the protest at City Hall when you found out the news? Oh, yes. I'm there every day. And what was, what was the reaction? Oh, the reaction was so, oh, my God. I didn't want to cry, but I was happy, especially when we were des- dancing. Yeah, you know, celebration. I was jumping. Everybody could not believe a 65-year-old woman can jump. It's always like all my stress out. I live everything right there in the side of City Hall. And that was the best. For drivers like Dorothy and Augustine, the expansion of the financial relief program for taxi drivers is a major victory. But like Dorothy said, this is the beginning. There's still a lot to be done. So if you find yourself in an iconic yellow taxi cab, be sure to tip your drivers and treat them with kindness. You never know the hurdles they've had to overcome to take you around New York City. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. 
You can find more about the protests, hunger strikes, and everything else that went into making last week's historic agreement possible at epicenter-nyc.com. At Epicenter, we talk to a lot of organizations, advocates, leaders, and volunteers who are pushing for progress. And while it can be discouraging and exhausting at times, taxi drivers across the city are a great reminder of what can happen when we all work together. So join us. Become a member of Epicenter NYC to find new ways to help your neighbors and get involved. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description.